0: You're listening to the Tech Box. Hello and welcome to episode 63 of The Tech Box. I'm James Honeyball and I'm joined today by Richard Yates. Hi Richard, how are you
1: doing? Good morning, James. Good morning everybody. Nice to be back.
0: How's your day going?
1: Ah, it's good. Most terrific rainstorm about an hour ago, and now we've got beautiful sunshine. So it's going to be one of those days, but um, at the moment we're in a beautiful sunshiny stage, so all's good. Uh you're quite lucky. We're sort of
0: um, a little bit of murk, I would say, out the window at the moment. It's not too dark, it's not too sunny, but it's somewhere in between.
1: Uh, first thing this morning, we had the most amazing rainstorm. It was, it was like somebody turned a fire hose on. Ah, yeah, we had the
0: rains yesterday. It was... Uh quite depressing all day yesterday
1: yeah not not um not really what you want yes there was a pretty wet day all day yesterday as well yeah. actually um, but today definitely brightened up
0: the good thing about having dark and dingy weather outside is that it's a great opportunity for you to test out the prowess of a a new camera
1: yeah it is you don't want getting wet anyway <laughs>
0: So, apparently, sort of low-light photography is uh, where the improvements in the iPhone 12 Pro Max, which we'll call the Max for short, I guess. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think we should. It gets a bit of a mouthful, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh,
0: Apparently, its camera is good in low light or lower light, or that's where it will prove its worth. And we're both in receipt of a Max. Yep.
1: So, what are your first impressions? (laughs) Hmm. Um... What are my first impressions? It's big. Yeah. Um and bearing in mind I had a an eleven Pro Max until about three weeks ago. Uh it's definitely a bit bigger. I, I, I do slightly blow hot and cold on that. One of my reservations about the, the eleven Pro Max was there were times of the year when I thought I'd prefer um a smaller one. Yeah. Um but I mean I've been I've been comparing it with uh with a couple of other phones that I've got today, and I mean it it it's actually slightly shorter than the OnePlus 8 Pro. But it's probably getting on for 4 millimeters wider, and I think that's probably a little bit the issue. I much prefer going back to the old um, iPhone 4, 5 design language with the, the grippy side and whatever. It, it feels really good from that point of view, but it's big. Yeah. And... I allowed myself actually to, and I can't really complain about this. But I think you know this. But but when I was saying to my wife the camera on the Pro Max is better than the one on the on the Pro, which is disappointing because I thought I'd give a smaller one a go this year. Her response, bless her, was well. I think you should get them both. Yeah. And I, and I thought, well, okay, I'll get them both, and I'll come to a conclusion about which I like. And I'll, and I mentioned this to her, and she said, well, just keep them both. And I'm thinking. Even by my standards, <laughs> this is probably a bit much. Um, my first thought, having been using the 12 Pro for a fortnight and really enjoying it, were was that it's too big. Um, what the well, actual
0: 12 Pro, non Max?
1: No, no, no. The 12 Pro is fine. Ah, but yeah. my first thought about the Max is is that it's too big. But I think actually, part of the problem with this is that the the case I bought for it doesn't quite fit, and that that is the sort of thing that I've got real sort of. Um, uh, I've got a thing about you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, we'll talk about this in a minute. But I've actually ordered another case that should arrive later today. We'll see see whether that. Yeah, you know, this case doesn't quite fit, and as a result, every time I pick it up, it irritates me. Um, the screen is beautiful. There's no two ways about that. Um, I like most things about the phone. It just really is quite a big phone, and yeah, I don't know. Do I really want to keep such a big phone? I don't know. I, th- I mean, I'll, I'm going to put my main sim in it tomorrow, and and I'll give it at least a week with the main sim in there and see how I go with it. Um, but yeah, it, it. I mean, you all know it's it, it's undoubtedly big, isn't it?
0: It is big, and I hesitate to call it a phone. Refer to it as a phone and use it as a phone. Almost, it's yeah. It's something that's more than that, and it is somewhere in between. A phone and an ipad i think and i know that sort of sounds a bit nonsense and you just think well you just put it in your pocket and it's a phone and get on with it but you know i, I could basically it's not going to be the thing that i would grab on a summer's evening um to go out for a mm. night out or something
1: i i think that's that's the thing isn't it i mean i've, I've got um uh, an iPad mini 5 here and and it's appreciably smaller than that but I do wonder how much I'll use the iPad mini 5 now I've got this because the screen is pretty big It, it it's a bit like I mean I've, I've still got and, and I still use um, uh, a Xiaomi Mi Max 3 and I use that primarily as a, as a kindle these days uh, and you know, it travels with me, and of course it does a lot more than a Kindle does. Uh, it's a great device for that, but would I actually want it to be my only phone in my pocket, you know, going for a walk? No. Um, and and I've got a bit of that feeling about this. I wonder whether... Uh, I, I mean, it, it, needs, it needs a bit of time and a bit yeah. of experimenting, but I, I just wonder whether this isn't just a little bit of a bridge too far. I think it might
0: be. I mean, for me, I do want to keep it because it's so nice, and I do want to give it the full once-over with regards to seeing what the camera's like. First impressions on the camera are that it is absolutely incredible. Yeah, uh, I don't yeah. know what the 12 Pro non-MAX is like, but... Also very good. The improved zoom is obvious on this thing uh, yeah, straight out yeah. of the bat. Um, the main sensor just seems great, although um, probably haven't done enough to see the difference there between the... Uh, 11 pro and this uh 12 pro max but yeah there's absolutely no d- doubt in my mind that this is the best phone camera um iphones tend to be up there don't they and this uh is pretty much uh i mean yeah. m- m- maybe we don't have to argue its case against the uh, pixel 5 because the effect of the pictures is subtly different. um the Pixel's got its own strengths, but as an all-rounder as well. You know, this with the the wide, the telephoto, the normal, the live photos are better. Uh, you've yeah. got all of those, all the tooling on it. You've got it recording in 60 frames a second Dolby Vision, or HDR at least. Um, I've not been able to get the Dolby Vision to play back on my Apple TV. I don't know uh, whether that's possible now or possible in the future, but, you know, to be able to edit... You know, using iMovie on the phone to be able to edit 60 hertz Dolby Vision 4K is just incredible. I mean, if you yeah, think it's about amazing, isn't it? the the capability and the you know the, the processing power and everything involved in that, it's just mind blowing. So, yeah, it's great. I suppose I would have it in a jacket going out for a walk. Um, I think that's that's a use case where it would work. But yeah, I'm just worried about the. I think it works in a jacket I'm worrying about whether it works in a, a jean pocket front or back or, or whatever
1: I, I, I think probably fortunately for me I, I, I've got big pockets in my trousers because it, it, you definitely wouldn't want to have this in trousers with a, a small pocket it would uh, stick out and be very uh, vulnerable I think I. it's undoubtedly a, a lovely device I, I don't, don't think there's any doubt about that I mean the, the The manufacturer is a delight. I I really, really like it. I just wonder if it isn't a little bit too big for for me. But I'm going to give it a good go this week. We'll we'll see how we go on that one. Uh, Part of the problem I've got, of course, is comparing it with 12 Pro. Yeah. Um, Because I don't, I haven't really had a chance to play with the the two cameras against each other yet. It's been, like I say, utterly poured with rain here all day yesterday um and anyway i don't think you know one evening going out taking pictures in low light is really enough to judge it anyway Uh, i am trying to work out how i can take a a decent selection of photos with it given the current inability to go very Mm far. um but i mean yeah there's it's what can you say it's a a usual iphone It, it, it is not necessarily the best at anything but it's probably the best at most things um at this stage in the cycle, the camera is definitely right up there. Um, you know where we are in six months' time. Well, who knows? Although, actually, I think the 11 Pro Max actually held up very well. You know when when it, when, when I when I moved that one on, I thought, well, I hope the new one really is that is that bit better. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I think it will do very well. Um, yeah. Anecdotally, it seems to be flying off the shelves, doesn't it? So that's a good sign.
0: Yeah. Um, I think um, I share the same problem as you in that the case is doesn't fit correct. So I think we both went for the, f- yeah. the same case, which is this ESR case from Amazon. And I'm yeah. doubly disappointed because I recommend ESR cases to everyone because basically for the last, I, I would say about five years, I've always just slapped an ESR case on there. It's a really great balance between price and Quality,
1: yeah. I, I can guilt trip you here because that's why I bought this one. <laughs> and
0: this time we get this one, and I did notice, and I think I did mention to you that the description on the advert said compatible with iPhone 12 Pro, and I just thought, hmm, a Pro Max. And I thought, mm, that's interesting. Why would you say compatible with rather than for iPhone 12 Pro Max? Yeah. And um, lo and behold, basically it just doesn't fit. It's what? What is it? Half a millimeter out somewhere we think in the depth
1: i say it's, it's definitely in depth uh yeah, I might, i reckon maybe even a millimeter it yeah. is it's which i mean shock shock horror it's a millimeter out but the problem with it is newfound i think the same it, the, the case sort of bows outwards towards yeah. the front uh, and if you put a screen protector on which i will do later today the screen protector will be raised higher than the front of the case so if it were to fall face down the screen protector would definitely shatter um I think you said this last night that it it looks as though they were expecting it to be a a little um, less thick than it is not that I think it's outrageously thick at all and and it's it's doubly galling because if you look at the case side on it it just doesn't look right
0: does it? No it's completely wrong to be fair I think yeah. you, could just, you could just about mush it in there, which we probably both have. But yeah. you mush it in, and then half an hour later, you can see it sort of squeezing itself out S- of the case. Stra- straining to get out, yeah, yeah. exactly,
1: which never, never sort of encourages you very much, does
0: it? I suppose, to be fair, if you look at the phone that they were imagining the uh, 12 Pro Max to be, it's probably quite a nice phone, you know, thinner, maybe a little bit tiny, fraction shorter. I, I want that phone.
1: Uh, I think it depends on whether that would have resulted in more battery compromises. Um, True. You know, I mean, they've already had to reduce the battery because of the extra circuitry needed to put 5G in there. Uh, Whether you think that was or wasn't worthwhile is another question, of course. But um, I have to say I don't really have any problem with the battery on the 12 Pro, although, of course, in these strange times it's not really been hammered on four or five G, because most of the time it's a home on Wi Fi. Yeah. Um, but I, I did actually get nearly two days out of it the other day, uh, with a no reasonable amount of use actually. Um, That's not bad, is it? No, no. I mean, I think I didn't intend to do that. I forgot to put it on charge the night before, and I thought, well, let's just see how it goes. And it got down to about sort of twenty twenty percent or so by the evening of the second day, or the or late afternoon of the second day, at which point I gave up. But I wasn't just using it for calls. I was, was also. Um, Streaming Spotify for most of the time, actually. I had a, a quiet day from a work point of view with not very many calls, but but lots of chance to listen to things. Um, so, yeah, I think the battery on the Pro Max is probably going to be phenomenal.
0: Yeah, and another piece of good news was that uh, it does successfully charge on my wireless charger.
1: Oh, yeah, that's good news, because they, they are a bit fussy, aren't they?
0: Apparently, yeah. So, I put it on there last night. Half not knowing whether I would wake up in the morning or not because it had started a fire through some, you know, incompatibility with uh, <laughs> yes. this cheap ten quid wireless charger that I got off uh, Amazon and uh, all the magnets and everything inside the uh, twelve Pro Max. But yeah, it went on there. Wake up, fully charged, and that's all I want my wireless charger to do. To be honest,
1: well, I've got a, I've got a MagSafe charger coming, um, which actually is a bit. It's a bit a bit of bit of. Um, a bit of a laugh really i couldn't get apple pay to work on the phone when i ordered the um 12 pro and so i thought well i'm gonna try and make sure it works when the 12 pro max comes out and, and cutting a very long story short um I, i've been dithering about getting the magsafe charger and ultimately i i it took me about eight attempts to get, it, get the um get apple pay to work and it's very strange. It basically was saying I've got my my Amex card set up on on Apple Pay and it, it was working just fine, but using the Apple Pay on in on the on the app in the phone, it, it kept telling me that I've got the wrong address. So it was a little bit sort of right. You you get all the way to the checkout and then your card fails because the address is wrong. So I kept having to sort of. Go back into the address and and amend it, which I don't. I still don't really understand why, but I do know when I when I log in to the Apple Store on uh, on my my, my Mac, um, it comes up and gives me a postcode about half a mile away, which presumably is where my broadband's coming from. Um, so anyway, cutting a long story short, it, it 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 kept failing, and ultimately, of course, it succeeded with the result that I bought a MagSafe charger. But I, I'm I'm going to give it a go. We'll see. If it, if it starts melting cases, it can it can do one. Well. I won't be interested in that.
0: I must say that the MagSafe doesn't appeal to me only because, you know, why bother with it when... Well, why bother with it if a cheap wireless charger does work?
1: It's one of those ones that Apple sometimes comes out with where it looks to me more like... Um, a solution coming out to a problem that doesn't exist but i think the reason they're doing it is the the much vaunted can we produce a phone with no ports at all and therefore uh, we'll have far less problems with repairs and whatever
0: yeah i wonder how many problems they have with the lightning port versus the usefulness from a sort of diagnostics point of view of the Lightning port.
1: Yeah, I must admit, I'm I, i, I I'm, I'm not at all convinced about this. It, it, it's a bit like, I, I still think the doing away with the uh, headphone socket was was a mistake in many ways. But what I would have liked to have seen on the, on the um, Pro Max is a is USB-C socket. Yeah. That, that to me, would have been a much mm-hmm. more elegant solution uh, and to several of the issues. And, and I was hopeful when they brought out the... Um, ipad pro with the USB-C socket that they would sort of gradually take that through the range in fact that was actually my biggest disappointment when they um uh, when they brought out the the mini 5 that it still had the lightning socket but i guess that was just a bit of a case of where they wanted to position things in the market
0: yeah i think that we've seen what happens uh with htc where you try and go too far and you do stupid things like take buttons yeah off the side you know it, just removing things for the sake of it isn't really a worthy cause, in my uh, opinion. No, I Uh, agree, I agree. You know, I think we've sort of mentioned this before, is that the idea of the mobile phone is to converge lots of different things. And as soon as you start taking things off, you lessen it a little bit. And I think that, yes, there's there's some beauty in having a sort of a single slab of glass with no buttons, no ports, and you've just got you know, touch and interface and display, and that's it. But, you know, that's not quite as useful as the sort of Swiss Army knife uh, yeah. smartphones that we're kind of used I, to.
1: I completely agree with you. And uh, um, and actually, I think you can go too far in that direction. I can see why um, Apple wants to protect things from ingress of water and whatever else. The actually only, only time I've ever had a problem with a, a port on that score was my original... Uh, o two X D A, which trying what the what that was it was a was that a micro uh, USB I think it might have been might even have been a mini USB, and and I put it in my pocket and somehow one of my car keys went down it and snapped the main connector. Oh, and, and uh, Yeah, and I actually ended up, ended up sending it to Texas and it was repaired, much to my amazement. I mean, to be honest, I think it was probably more junk than anything else by that point. But I was quite I quite liked that device, but. That I suppose is the only other reason they would want to close the ports up is is the chance of damage, and and it seems to be a lightning port is much less likely to get damaged than a USB C. But for the same reason, it's got no, no projections in it really. As such, as it the, the connections are all sort of uh, on the sides of it. But um, but no, that might have been nice. Uh, I, I mean, ask me again in a week or ten days. Yeah. Uh, um. I I, I I just am not totally convinced at the moment. We'll see.
0: I remember when I was working in London. At one point, I paired up a Galaxy Mega 6.3, which oh, yeah. was huge at the time, with I think uh, iPhone 5S or some other small uh, phone. So I had sort of little and large. I was I was traveling by train. So if I, if I got a seat or, you know, it was practical, I could get the um, 6.3 out and, you know, do all my browsing and social media on a nice big screen. And... If I was you know, one-handed on the tube, hanging onto a, a pole or something, then I could get the uh, smaller phone out and, and look at that, one-handed. Yeah. So, I mean, this is about five times the weight of that uh, Galaxy Mega, but I can see that the 12 Pro Max could go into that slot, but it's quite a, a lot of phone and an expensive phone just to sort of fill that sort of niche spot, really.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I last year, um, no, earlier this year, I think, in fact, um, thought about replacing the Max 3 because, you know, the screen isn't the best. It, it, it it's never pretended to be an expensive device. And you might remember that, um, O2 had a refresh deal going on the Make 20X 5G, which, yeah. you know, great, great big phone. Um, and, and actually it was interesting because, you know, like I say, I use that as the, that phone as a Kindle and, um, I, I just found that it was it was still doing that job. I didn't need the Mate 20 um, X 5G to do it. And and I thought, this is just crazy. I don't need it. now. I, I can't see the Max replacing the um, Mi Max 3, because it's still yeah. smaller than the Mi Max 3, but it weighs about three times as much.
0: Yeah. I mean, to be honest, if we're just going to be traipsing around our homes, going from sofa to desk to bed, you know, in our dressing gowns and slippers, then... You know, we don't need... Our phones can be as big as they want to be and maybe that's uh, perfect for these times. But I guess, fingers crossed, we sort of exit these times sooner rather than later.
1: (laughs) I'll drink to that one, yeah.
0: And, uh, well, maybe we worry about our... uh, huge iPhones at that point and uh, and work out how we go from there. But yeah, I think I think we're both on the same page with this. Undoubtedly a fantastic device, undoubtedly a fantastic camera, and I'm really excited to see what I can get out of that camera. Um, but you can't get around the size and the weight, which we knew going into it that that was going to be uh, the biggest issue. Yeah. It, is, it is the biggest issue, and we're going to have to see how it all pans out from here, basically.
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting. It would definitely be interesting to see.
0: So one of the things that, because, you know, I think it's probably the case that me and you both buy a lot of phones. So <laughs> Too many. <laughs> you know, on the flip side of that, we probably don't sell enough, you know, because I think I've got a few hanging around, you've got a few hanging around. Yeah. And uh, I had a very interesting experience this week, shall we say. Yeah, yeah you did a bit. <laughs> I tried my usual trick of selling some stuff on eBay. And the funny thing is that up to this point, I've been quite glib about selling stuff on eBay and saying, I've never had a problem. You know, it all goes through fine. People have said, oh, well, before I sell anything on eBay, I sort of set up on a tripod a camera and I film myself going through the phone, packaging it up. You know, it's almost like they'll strap a, what are they called, like a GoPro to their head and sort of do a, virtual yeah. reality trip to the post office and it never the parcel never getting out of sight you know handing it over to the postman and you know handing over the money and you know that's 100% proof then that you've uh, posted it okay and I was, I'm always like okay you know this is going a little bit too far I, obviously there's wrong uns out there but it's one in a million and I've, I've been fine so far so Pixel 2 XL um sitting around not really doing anything uh i got it from aliexpress mm. it i think there was a little bit of a story about this and i'm not sure whether i've sort of aired it but um it was an obvious refurb once i'd had a little look at it um you know done some diagnostics on it it was actually a pretty good nick uh for a 2xl screen was very bad off axis had a lot of shadowing which is, I think there's a a, a problem with uh Pixel 2 XLs, but it was a, it was the, well, the case was new, the box was new, um, the battery seemed new when I did the diagnostics on it. So I basically, it was a, it was a good phone, but it was sat there not doing anything because you know I've got, I've got the Pixel 5 now. That is, in my opinion, the best Pixel. Um, we can probably have a little argument about your 4XL, but I think that the um, Pixel 5 is a very nice uh, Pixel. So the 2XL was surplus to requirements yeah, so yeah, it's, it's had its day hasn't it it's had its day yeah i think it's had its day on the updates as well now so oh right oh, it definitely had
1: its day then
0: yeah so it was up on uh ebay i'd taken it down a tenner i think i think the final selling price was 105 which given that it was in mint condition i think it's not too bad yes it was a refurb under under the covers but to all intents and purposes it was uh mint condition Uh, And the guy says, you know, can you post it straight away so it gets here for Monday? So this must have been on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, okay, I'll do that. I normally send my stuff by uh, special delivery anyway. But he said, oh, it's for my nephew's birthday. I really want it on uh, Monday. And I'm obviously a bit sceptical about the reason. But if someone wants it straight away, they want it straight away. I went down to my local post office. It's only two minutes away. Posted it out there. Uh, special delivery, no problem. Mm. Didn't really think too too much of it, but uh, one warning sign is whenever uh, people are quite chatty up front in eBay. That's never really, ironically, a good sign. I found the the best people. Perhaps it's perhaps it's obvious if someone just buys it without saying a word you know receives it quickly they're the ones that sort of tend to give you the five star rating and get on with their lives the ones that keep asking questions and knocking money off and all the rest of it tend to be the ones that are a little bit problematic anyway so all's fine uh monday midday must have been email comes through on ebay thanks very much for the phone but the screen touch screen doesn't work thought, okay, mm. that's, where are we going here with this one? Because uh, obviously the touchscreen was fine when I sent it off. Yes, it could have malfunctioned, you know, in transit. It could have been dropped. Uh Unlikely, but okay. So I, I gave some instructions about how to uh, reset the phone, to fo- a hard reset on the phone. And um if there's still a problem, let me know. And I think I even mentioned it even at this point, if it's if the touchscreen still doesn't work, fair enough, I'll give you a full refund and I'll uh, arrange uh, a courier to pick up the phone.
1: Yeah, which is really as good as you can do, isn't it?
0: It is, yeah. And then I get an email back saying, oh, no, it's for my nephew's birthday tomorrow. And if you give me a partial refund, I'll get it repaired and go from there Mm. and he wants 25 quid Mm. and so then the warning lights are very very much on at this point Um, so i check his feedback and i see a bit of a recurring pattern lots of presents bought for his nephew that don't seem to work and the seller doesn't want to seem to give a refund Uh, one of the replies i noticed was we reply asking you to open a case to return. You refused. So, uh, yeah, my at this point, my heart is uh, sunk. How, how much is a new
1: screen for a 2XL? Uh,
0: at least 100 quid.
1: Yeah, yeah. I so, thought you might say that. I
0: suppose what you could do, in theory, is seek out a water-damaged Pixel 2 XL somewhere uh, for nothing, where the screen is still working, and try and transplant that screen onto uh onto this but in reality you know if you're going to try and get hold of a uh, a 2xl screen unless you've got one sitting on your shelf uh, it's going to cost you at least 100 quid i did a quick ebay a uh, quick google of it and yeah that's what that's that's the cost so this is all a little bit fishy so i i uh remember sharing it with uh yourself and uh, and others saying look this is happening, you know, sort of half it's funny, isn't it? But also, oh God, here we go. Because I, I was just resolute. You know, I said, look, I'll give you a full refund and I'll pick it up career-wise, but I'm not going to give you a partial refund because I know what, you know, I can see through this scam. Yeah, you just want a partial refund. You know, at the end of the day, you're just getting something at a huge discount. Mm. Um. So anyway, this went on for a couple of days and then he... Uh, he started getting a little bit irate, and he sort of look. He sort of replied, and "Said okay, fifteen quid, partial refund." And at this point, you can just sort of see, you know, it's he must obviously just want to have the feeling of getting a, a bargain, getting one over you. Yeah, or something
1: like yeah, that. exactly. Which, let's face it, a two XL for hundred and five quid isn't exactly uh, expensive, is it?
0: It's not, but also, what you know, getting fifteen quid off is, in theory, neither here nor there either. Just sort of see what I mean. It's almost Ooh. like it. I tried to avoid getting entrenched because that's never good for getting out. But I, I felt like I couldn't really move on this one. So I said, no, you know, I'll give you, if you log a case with uh, eBay, say it's not as described, I'll issue a full refund and I'll send a courier around. And that was my final offer, which I think is a reasonable one and the correct one. And so he sort of, you know, threatened that he would leave negative feedback and all the rest of it. And I said, look, no, this is my final offer, and I think it's fair. And then he did leave negative feedback (laughs) and said, uh, this seller sold me something faulty. This this
1: scumbag wasn't willing to allow himself to be scammed by me.
0: (laughs) Exactly, and wasn't helpful. And I'm thinking, oh, great, this is not good because, you know, as with all these faceless uh, technology companies, you know, being able to actually argue your case on something like this is is next to impossible. And I think also the way that the feedback on eBay works is um, it's very much in the favour of the buyer. And if they want to give you a negative um, review, it doesn't matter whether it's right or wrong. It's just staying there. Yeah. And whilst my eBay feedback is 100% up until this point... um, it's not based on huge numbers of numbers, so it's not like my hundred percent goes down to ninety-nine point nine nine recurring. At which point, at a glance, it's not a problem. You know, it goes down quite a lot because I, yeah. I probably sell a dozen things on eBay a year. So one bad review, I think it averages it gives the percentage over twelve months. Yeah, ten percent or whatever. You know, so very disappointed, and I sort of. uh very frustrated because you know what can you do so i went on i did a bit of a google how do do you do this and it sort of said well you're basically your best bet is to try and negotiate with the person that's actually left you the bad review i said well that's i don't want to do that because he's not put that in in good faith do you know what i mean yeah so the other thing was there's an automated form that you can fill out and say i think i've been given unnecessary bad feedback it's not fair you know and you send the form off and within about 20 minutes came back we've reviewed your case and we have decided that uh, the feedback is fine so i don't know exactly what automated <laughs> checks that what, goes what review or, that about, yeah yeah so dejected i just sort of um start coming to terms with uh being a 90 percent person rather than a 100 percent person and getting on with my life and you know being sad and um, wondering how much of, a, of an effect this will actually have because basically all you can really do at that point is put the little reply in under the negative feedback that says, you know, oh, honest governor, it, you know, this isn't how it went down. You know, it wasn't my fault. You know, and yes, you can normally get the seller's point of view through with that little bit of feedback on the negative feedback, but um, I didn't really want, you know, I suppose I was going to have to do that, but it was it was well, hardly going to make it. That was your only option,
1: wasn't it, at that point?
0: And then luckily... Uh, our friend Dan came forward and with a link that was to do with eBay uh, wanting to um, avoid being somewhere where you can have be extorted, you know, with extortion. So yeah. it's like an anti-extortion uh, helpline. Uh, and I thought, well, to be to be honest, that's kind of what happened to me. I don't know if you'd agree with that.
1: Absolutely, I would. That's exactly what happened to you.
0: You know, legally or whatever. So. Um, I went, I followed this link and you at least got a human uh, via chat, you know, one of these web chats. Um, And so I pleaded my case in there. And I think that they were obviously um, looking at probably some data that they had. They would have been able to see the exchange between me and him. And they would have been able to possibly, I would have thought, see how many partial refunds he'd been given on some of his previous things, which I would imagine is pretty much close to 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they came back to me and they said, "Okay, we we deem this uh, an unfair negative feedback, and they've removed it."
1: Excellent. So you're a hundred percent again. I'm
0: a hundred. I'm, I'm a hundred percent. I'm a one hundred percent person again. I can hold my head high. And um, yeah, it was very lucky that uh, that mechanism was in place to get back. But it it does uh, does rather sort of now make me think. Okay, I haven't got a hundred percent success in selling things on eBay. Occasionally I now have had problems selling things um, Mm. and therefore maybe I will have to uh, up my precautions a little bit when I'm selling. Mm. I think I will still continue to sell through eBay is I find you tend to get the best prices there, but I think I will now start to uh, take a few more pictures, take some videos um, and sort of protect myself a little bit more than I have in the past.
1: Yeah, I mean, a student, I used to sell everything on eBay, but I haven't sold anything on eBay for about three or four years now. Um, I, I had um, not quite similar experience, but somebody who got very mouthy about, uh, you know, this isn't right, and, and I'm not happy with that. And and the interesting thing about that was that the, that I'd actually previously pointed out what wasn't right in the advert. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, it was a, I forget what it was. T- it was you know, a tiny nick in the corner or something like that, and I'd actually photographed it and put it in the advert. Uh, and it was really only when, when actually I, I sort of started raising this point that they they were sort of oh oh yeah my mistake sorry but it it, it very much unnerved me, um and yeah it kind of put me off because I, I've heard too many horror stories about it and and to be honest, I, I this is kind of sound very 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 twee in a way. I take really good care of my phones. If you buy one of my phones, it will be as near to new as I can get it, and yeah. with a bit of luck, it'll still have the plastic covers from the box and and everything else uh i I do look after them and as a result of the amount of, of looking after them i get that sort of approach really makes me angry
0: yeah so there we go ebay a faceless corporation uh sometimes difficult to deal with but uh the fact that all of our interactions with these companies are automated means that they can uh afford to give us their services for free or what is perceived to be free and um, even going as far as what Google has been doing uh, up until this point which is saying you can upload all of your photos for free to Google Photos. Now albeit there'll be a, a minuscule amount of compression that I think most of us agree is is as good as imperceptible, even though I do still upload my Google Photos in original quality rather than high quality. Me (laughs) too. But I think think for 99.9% of people, the uh, regular backup is absolutely fine. And it became a little bit of a no-brainer, didn't it? Where if uh, one of your friends or relatives has filled up their uh, iPhone and their iCloud of uh, photo storage, you say, well, there's one easy solution to this. We switch your photos over to Google Photos. All your photos go up there. You don't pay for it. It's all available for you in the cloud, uh, in Google, and problem solved. Walk away. Everyone's happy. And unfortunately, a slight spanner has been thrown into the works there. Um, So I think that uh, I don't know how much uh, your photos that you uploaded to Google Photos was then subsequently used by Google's advertising profiling. Um, I mean, you could imagine that you'd be able to get a, an absolutely huge amount of information off uh, Google Photos if you wanted to, to inc- to improve the quality of your profile. You know, yeah, you could be as careful as you wanted about telling me, Google, your details, Richard. But if I look through all of your photos on Google Photos, I can probably uh, target ads at you with very, very high accuracy, couldn't I?
1: Oh, I should imagine so. Yeah.
0: So I don't know. I don't know how much of that they do with this, but certainly um, that would have been one good explanation as to why they could afford to give everyone essentially infinite photo storage for free and not charge them. But now, uh, what they've said is, uh, at some point in the future, uh, once you go over your free storage allowance on Google, which I think is fifteen gigs at the moment.
1: Yeah, fifteen, isn't it?
0: Um they're going to start charging you. Now, 15 gigs is a reasonable amount of storage for photos. It's better than nothing, and they're still yeah. going to be giving you that for free, in inverted commas. But it just highlights that actually putting these services together isn't free. It's a, it's an expensive business, and I think nothing proves that more than uh, how Flickr are trying to uh, move forwards. You know, they're having to do one of these Google-style services in terms of hosting your photos, uh, without the benefit of having a search engine behind it that generates billions and billions and billions of pounds. Uh,
1: I, I can see that they have a real problem here. Uh, I've been a Flickr Pro member for a long time, um, and and actually I've just decided not to renew it. And, and, and the, you can illustrate the problem like this. My subscription in um, uh, 2016 cost $44. Uh, in 2018, I, I bought... Um, no, that was, no, tell you what, that was $44 for two years. That was $22 a year. 2018, $35. 2019, $50. This year, they want £58, not dollars. So, uh, the price is just going up and up and up and up and up. Um, and at the same time, uh, certainly I find their, their apps very poor. You know, the so-called auto-updater that doesn't auto-update and that sort of thing. Um, Uh, It's kind of dying on the, on the vine, really. I mean, here we are. It's gone from $22, which today is probably about £18 to. Fifty-eight pounds in four years.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't think I've been sent that bill yet, but it'll be interesting when I do.
1: Well, yeah, I, I mean, my wife's her subscription is about a month behind, uh, and and she hasn't had the email yet. But when I I actually got in touch with them and said, look, you know, this is just more than, than this is worth to me, as there no sort of offer for long-standing members. I mean, it was very tongue-in-cheek, I have to say. I didn't expect them to say it, and they were, oh well, we're planning all sorts of improvements behind this, the the uh, uh, the scene. Uh, scenes and, and we think yeah this is really good value for money and i'm thinking well for two of us to be paying 116 pounds as opposed to four years ago probably paying 40 uh, it's not it's not very good value because yeah. i don't actually see any improvement you know the, the one
0: feature that i use uh, flickr for is the ability to search based on the tags that i've put onto the photos yeah um now google photos doesn't do that unfortunately it's got a great search on it you know you can say search for red car and it will come back with some red cars unfortunately it won't come back with all the red cars Uh, it is not that good a search but it's pretty good but with Flickr I can I can set a photo and I can type in um, you know Richard's wedding as a tag and then in five years time I can use the Flickr search to say right, I want all the photos from Richard's wedding And I'll get them. I won't have to rely on Google working out, oh, who's Richard? You know, what does a wedding look like? You know, and to be fair, if I do that search on Google, as I say, it will give me a pretty good, uh, an unbelievably good set of results. It just won't give me the right results. just won't give me the 100% correct results. Um, So I'm still tempted to stick with Flickr probably for another year, even if it's, you know, 58 quid, which is, you know, a lot of money in the context of, Uh, All these services that we're so used to getting for free. It's not actually a huge amount of money for a bespoke piece of software that deals with photos and uploads them, hosts them in the cloud, all the rest of it. You know, you can you can put the argument together for why Flickr need to charge that. It's just uh, it doesn't compare well with our modern expectations of free services i i
1: I don't mind paying for it in fact interestingly enough having just got into my account whilst we've been talking i've had an email rejoin as a Flickr pro member and it'll be only 46 pounds okay well we're making progress there then. well we are yeah so when you get your update your renewal just bear that in mind (laughs) so whilst we're uh, talking about google photos
0: and the need to have uh google storage now to back it up uh you were looking at uh increasing your google storage or or what exactly
1: no no um right okay like like you i am a g suite member yeah uh, unlike you i've got the paid version of g suite but then i use it for work so um, that's the what is attached to my email address so last year i thought well you know one of these days i may want to stop work but it's not really appropriate to to, to mix up my my private stuff with work, you know, you can see that that could cause all sorts of problems down the line. So I thought, well, I'm going to move everything onto uh, Google One. Um, but that then, co- then started causing me problems because you can't have Google One at the same time as you've got a G Suite account. And I wanted to move it to a Gmail account. And in, in the end, the easiest solution seemed to be to take out Google One subscription in my wife's name and fundamentally re-upload all of my, my photos to a shared family space so that's now attached to a gmail address rather than to a, a g suite address um and having done all that i then thought well actually this is a bit silly because for example when the when the pixel 5 came out and i think probably true of the 4a uh, 5g as well you could get 50 pounds worth of google store credit if you were a, a, a google one member but not otherwise and not if you were the the sort of tag on member
0: so why couldn't you just get your wife to order it and then give her the money back?
1: Um well I could do, but then that kind of flags up to her that I've just spent six hundred quid on a phone that I'm gonna say is not worth six hundred quid. I see now,
0: yes. It makes your all your illicit phone purchases rather um public.
1: To be fair, she's extremely good about that. Um, but uh, nonetheless, I, I just don't really kind of... It also means, for example, if there's a problem with any of the uh, Google One services, they won't talk to me because of GDPR and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and actually, I would probably prefer it if I dealt with all of that because she uses these services but has never really sort of had to invest the time in finding out how some of them work fair enough so i thought well it'd be really useful actually thinking about it this is a mistake i should have set my my new gmail up account as the um the google one member and have her as the associated member my god that's not easy <laughs> to say that's not i mean i mean i should also say that her her google one account is actually billed to my credit card so it's not as if google doesn't know that we're um we're in some way related um But what what actually happens is you can't do that. The only way to achieve this is I I have to have her boot me out of the family group because then that frees up my Gmail account to subscribe to Google One in my name. Yeah. And they promise me that in the intervening period they won't be deleting my photographs or anything like that, which is slightly worrisome.
0: Okay, yeah. Um, Just rely on the word of... uh... A call center agent,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got it in writing, but I'm not sure that that's stands me in I mean, to be honest, I guess what would happen if they did that is they would downgrade them to slightly compressed, wouldn't they? Which would at least save the photos because a lot of them are actually scans of. of um, Thirty-five millimeter negative, so the the, the definition's not, not that. Yeah, I guess anyway. you'd
0: hope that something intelligent like that would happen. Yep.
1: Yeah, you would. But uh, anyway, so so basically, I have to sever myself from the existing Google One account, set up my own Google One account, then I uh, can invite her to join as the additional person on my new Google One account, and then she can downgrade her Google One account to a free one. And it's perfectly thing. straightforward. Oh, the, the email that they sent me, telling me what to do. When I when I actually looked at it, I thought if I print this off, it goes on to two and a bit pages. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> There's so many steps along the way that you could fall over on. Um, so I will get round to it, but um, yeah, no, it's, it's not quite as urgent as all that. When I've got a spare hour, I might try and do it. But it I, I didn't fill me with lots of um, lots of confidence. I have to say.
0: No. Okay. Let me take you back. Let me take you back. 32 years, right? uh, and I want to know what you were doing in 1988, and I'll tell you uh, what I was doing. In
1: 1988? um, Well, sadly, probably not an awful lot. At that point, I had uh, two children, one of whom was three and one was under one, Uh, so probably I spent most of my time in a whirl of running around after small children.
0: Okay. So, I was sat down in front of an ARM-based PC doing my work of the time, which was schoolwork, playing such things as Zarch and Lander, and generally actually being blown away by this uh, ARM PC. Uh, I am, of course, talking about the uh, Acorn Archimedes. The Archimedes, yeah. Which was, uh, I think, can you argue that the BBC Micro was the first ARM machine, but maybe but certainly the uh, archimedes was the first i would say first good one um it had absolutely incredible graphics it had a lovely uh windows-based ui it was massively ahead of the time as far as i was concerned
1: Yeah, it was a nice machine wasn't it i i, I got to play with one a couple of times it was was definitely all right
0: yeah and i hear that uh arm-based uh pcs are making a bit of a comeback
1: oh they are indeed aren't they Probably, probably in quite a big way actually, because not not just what you're alluding to, but I mean it's it's also being looked at by um by the other big software producer of of PC software.
0: Well, Microsoft running, yeah, their, starting to run their stuff on, on ARM. Yeah. I guess we have had Chromebooks running on ARM, and then we also had. Uh, do you remember the Surface One with Windows RT?
1: Yeah, best forgotten. I think that one. <laughs> yeah, that
0: that was ARM as well. So, <laughs> I think ARM has sort of uh, you know bobbed along in the background uh, for some of the you know able to run some of these um, operating systems. But now,
1: Apple Didn't Nokia produced of... something running Windows LT as well, from recollection.
0: Ah, oh, yes. Didn't they have the Lumia twenty five twenty or something? something like that? Yeah, their tablet, which uh, was basically just a, uh, a a Surface copy, wasn't it? I don't know whether that even saw the light of day, did it?
1: Oh, I think it did, but I could be wrong on that one.
0: So Apple have now gone full, you know, all feet, all in on ARM-based laptops and PCs. We don't really call them PCs, do we? We call them Macs. So um, these are quite some quite interesting uh, machines. And I I guess I just wanted to sort of double check with you as to uh, whether you were tempted by these uh, new Macs.
1: Well, the the answer to that is um, absolutely yes, but my sensible head tells me um, not just yet. And the reason it tells me not just yet is because you might remember I bought a MacBook Pro in the spring, uh, which I'm very happy with. I have a a Mac Mini 2018, which uh, only yesterday, in fact, I received a delivery of a a RAM upgrade for, although having looked at the, the iFixit methodology for putting the RAM upgrade in, I now realize that it's, Gonna take me a little while because you really do have to dismantle it, you know, motherboard out, wireless connections out, pull pins out here and whatever. It's gonna be a bit of a pain in the neck, I think. And, um, I've got most but not every single one of the tools you need to do it, so going to have to order the rest of the tools to make sure i've got it because my experience of trying to fiddle with the inside of computers when you've only got three quarters of the correct tools is that it doesn't usually end very well so which Um, tool are you
0: missing then a particular screwdriver or something
1: no i've got all the screwdrivers but for for love and money i can't find my spludger, and i'm a bit reluctant to uh to just sort of bodge it with something for full oh, damage you or can
0: uh, you know improvise a spludger out of any household implement. Uh,
1: i also think to myself that i need to spend a little bit of time psyching myself up to it i've, I've done i've done lots of things i've done lots of things like this before but in fact you, you would not believe this james but sitting here on my desk i have just located the spludger. how the hell did it get there Oh, oh well, never mind. Thing. I don't have the splutter, so 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 my excuses for not doing it are unfortunately vanishing because I think the thing that I have have yet to do is to psych myself up for it and get it down onto the dining room table and uh, you know, coolly and calmly do it. Um, but basically, I, I've got two modern a Mac Mini and I've got two modern a, um, a Mac laptop, uh, so it really is just complete extravagance to go getting um, an ARM based. Um, uh, Probably I'd get a. I would probably be more interested in a Mac Mini to be honest than a, another laptop. But yeah, I'm really interested in it because I think once this develops, I think there's every possibility that it, it will give Apple quite a sizable lead. In fact, because you know the, the power requirements and everything else are just so much smaller. Um, it really though is all going to boil down to software, isn't it? I think. I mean, I, yeah. if I look, if I look for example at the software I use day to day, some of it is is sort of industry specific and. I've already had an email saying, look, we're working on Big Sur, but for heaven's sake, don't upgrade to Big Sur, because all of your software will stop working. Um, they, I'm sure, will get around that. but it, it And we know that, that Microsoft are already looking at a version of uh, Office that will be, you know, a native version. Well, given their own efforts to get ARM uh, on, on PCs, that's not so surprising. You'd imagine that's actually, a lot of that work has already been done. Um, but I mean, if the software is available uh, and the chip is powerful enough, then there's every reason I think it will be quite a beast. Now, mm-hmm. that said, if I compare the Mac Mini that I've got with the Mac Mini that they're now selling with the um, the M1 chip, the bit that really gets me actually is the is the number of ports. It's it's missing lots of ports. My, my Mac's got, I mean, it's got, it's got it's got it hasn't got enough ports because I've got things hanging out of the back of it as well. But I think it's got four USB Cs. Uh, yeah, that's and the big difference, others. yeah. And, and, you know, I, I look at this and I think, well, I think this would be a downgrade. I don't think there's any, any doubt it would be a downgrade. Um, And indeed, if you look at what they're still selling in terms of Intel Mac Mini, exactly. they're, they're selling the high-end one, aren't they?
0: I think this is where we need to perhaps temper expectations because whilst yeah. they've put up on a slide that the ARM-based laptops and the new ARM-based uh, Mac Mini are two three four five times quicker than something else that they haven't been too specific in (laughs) saying what it is they've kept the intel versions of the top end 13 inch macbook pro and they've kept the intel version of the um the black mini now the intel version of the macbook air was always puny you know they'd always used a very low wattage Uh, CPU in there same as the uh, MacBook 12 inch so I've got no doubt that these new ARM based MacBook Air and you know Mini and uh, MacBook Pro are going to be nice and nippy Uh, the question is how they compare to these top-end Intels and you know the fact that they're not taking these top-end Intels away I think tells us a story is uh, we're not quite at full replacement capability yet Um, One of the interesting things on the new releases is that they only support one additional monitor. So on the MacBook Pro, you're only going to be able to put one additional monitor coming out of it. Now, what that means to me is that if you're using it closed and you're plugging it into a dock, which then goes to two monitors, which for a Pro is not an unreasonable setup, you can't do that on the MacBook Pro, the new ones. Um Not now right. with the Mac mini you can drive two monitors because it doesn't have a display of its own so you've got HDMI plus one uh on these uh, new thunderbolt uh, ports that they've got but i think that that limitation in itself is quite telling a 16 gig memory limitation is an interesting one we don't know quite how memory hungry uh these machines are going to be because if we think about android versus ios iOS gets away with a lot less RAM than Android does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, now, is that the case with these new Macs? Are these new Macs going to be super memory efficient, in which case we don't have to worry about even getting 16 gigs, 8 gigs is enough? Or is it the fact that it's going to have to be running both ARM libraries in memory and, you know, emulation libraries in memory and, you know, lots of different frameworks hanging around um because it is a sort of a transitional machine does that require actually more memory we don't those we are don't sort of know, unanswered yeah. questions at this point so i think for me it still remains a really fascinating setup
1: yeah i mean i mean this reminds me very much of the original mac mini actually because if you remember the original um uh PowerPC mac mini it wasn't a high end machine um and and in fact i had one of those and and i also had the I think it was the first Intel one. It might be the second one where the Core Two Duo came out, um, and and it was interesting because the performance between the two was not really massively different. Um, you know, the the Core Two Duo was obviously having to deal with emulation software from, coming from the PowerPC operating system. Yeah. Um, but I I think one of the most impressive things about that transition was the original Rosetta software that that basically meant that. You know, it, was, it was. It wasn't completely seamless that transition, but I don't remember very many problems with it. And and I would be very surprised if they haven't done the same thing again here. Uh, and you know that they've been running the two two systems in parallel for probably two. I think it was three years they reckoned with um, Intel chips, wasn't it? That they they've been running them in parallel to make sure the performance was similar. I, I bet it will be quite similar because I think. That probably the uh, extra performance that they get out of using the uh, the risk instruction set will make up for not having enough enough RAM, uh, not enough RAM, not not having as much RAM as you might expect, perhaps. Yeah,
0: I think it's. I think I, I'm really interested in um, the first reviews of this product. I think it's the most exciting tech product uh, or line of products, I guess, that's been released in the last few years. Really, it's uh, it's the first big change in how something is being done.
1: Yeah. I, I'm very interested to see how it comes out. I mean, I've got, um, you know, I've got, as I say, one or two bits of software. Well, I've, I've got one one accounts program that only works on a PC, which is frustrating. Um, and most of my stuff is now running on a, a, a Mac compatible software uh, that, that basically won't work for one or two big companies. Um, but I think when I look at uh, the transition, there's going to be some things there that get left behind. I mean, one problem I have is I've got one client who uses a very old... PC only accounting software. And, and actually it is to say it's very old. Um, it runs under Windows XP and I currently, uh, when I need to interrogate those records, have to use a, a virtual machine to fire at Windows XP, uh, and basically interrogate the software, get what I, I usually export what I need out to Excel and, and then the Windows XP, um, machine gets put away for another, another year, you know, um, I, and, and I'm, um, uh, Mark sent me a link the other day saying Parallels uh, are saying they will be able to um, run virtual machines on on Apple Apple Silicon. In fact, I use VMware, but I've used Parallels before. Um, and there are things like that that I need to be sure will work before yeah. I can really contemplate doing it. And 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 again, I think. I, I can't believe, uh, um, this is a point Dave made, isn't it, that you know, in, in six, nine months' time, they'll bring out a much higher power Mac Mini with the requisite number of ports and probably the next iteration of the chip. And that that's the point at which but that's the bit I think at which I'll sit down and actually properly read it. But uh, I still am not sure that I would change it at that point because what I would say about the Mac Mini, I've, I've well, like I say, I've had them going all the way back to Power PC. In fact, in fact, I think Dave has had most of them over the years. Um They really, really are good workhorse machines. They last a long time and they they do what I need. So I I, I think unfortunately probably will be a while before I have a need to do this. The question is, how long I'll be able to resist doing it, and I think probably
0: another year yeah yeah i think for me i'd be very interested to know how google chrome runs how audacity runs and yeah uh, how things like handbrake run um because these are the things that i use a lot one of the things that i i'm imagining will run very well is imovie because it's all apple so i imagine that actually taking your iphone uh videos and running them through iMovie will be super quick so that's one i do do i do do that so that's one use case that i imagine is going to be lightning quick but i want to see how it runs some of these you know legacy mac apps um and how fast they are and if there's those are significantly faster if they are if they've proven to be through reviews then i might get tempted this mac mini that i'm talking to you on at the moment is uh a little bit long in the tooth it's the classic 2012 one which was the yeah, first uh nice nice or well, the last multi you know quad core one before the uh brand new uh 2018 ones came in i think that that's when they were released or 2019 that, 2018 yeah 2018 yeah. mac mini so um yeah i think it's a very exciting time and I've, and I've watched this space and i think with that richard we might be out of time
1: yeah i think you're right goodness me Yes, I think that's probably a good point to call it Halt, isn't it? But, uh, but lovely to talk to you, James. Yeah, it's been, yeah, so it's been and, uh, great to catch up. Hope we do it again soon.
0: Yeah, I'll speak to you soon, Richard. Okay. Cheers then. Bye-bye. Bye now.